0: You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool on demand. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition. Yes, there is another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. My name is Cam Edwards. I've got Zelda the Wonder Dog here right by my side. And most importantly, I've got the amazing Miss E here with me. Hi, Cam. Yay. Hey, how are you? I'm okay. So the last time we talked with everybody was before Memorial Day. So, yeah, there's a lot happened. <laughs> Our plan was we were going to take the summer off and we were going to be back after uh, Labor Day. And and we are. It's just a little bit farther past Labor Day than uh, originally we had intended. So let's, let's get to the good news.
1: Um, well, the bad news is that the reason we didn't come back in September was in August, we found out through a CT scan all the tumors were getting bigger. Yes. So we had to change out my chemo plan, but we waited until after vacation so I would feel good while we were gone.
0: Yeah, so we got a chance to have a family vacation, the first one that we've had in like six years. Yeah. I did that in early September. We went down to North Carolina and hung out on the beach for a week, and it was fantastic and wonderful. the best
1: week ever, and especially since that hurricane came through the next week. Right. Best timing ever. Yeah. The best weather. It, It didn't even rain until... I crossed the bridge leaving on Saturday. Yep. All of a sudden, I got hit with a mini little downpour, and it was almost like the island was crying because I left.
0: Right, <laughs> but it was. It was. It was exactly what I, I think uh, all of us needed, Definitely including Missy. E. Um, and then when we got the not so great news that uh, uh, you know the immunotherapy wasn't working. Um, Missy started on another Chemo drug, kind of an old school chemo drug
1: Yeah, this one's Taxotere
0: And the bad news is, it's been kind of kicking her butt Yes Um, But the great news is, is that it's kicking cancer's butt Yeah, so
1: we had the last CT scan Was just a couple of weeks ago On November the 21st And uh, we got the good news on the 27th That this time, it's all working But they're shrinking, but they're not gone So it means I still have to have chemo So there are no new ones No new ones, and all the ones that are there are getting smaller And to begin with, they were all kind of small. The biggest one was like less than 33 millimeters. So even that was the biggest one. So right. all the rest of them are a lot smaller. So they're all getting littler and this is working, but I still have to do it until they sh- keep shrinking. So I have to do it. We're going every four weeks, but they're giving me. Uh, we, we talked about how crappy I felt for like a week after, so they're trying something new, so I'm trying steroids. With it, and I actually feel better than I usually do.
0: Yeah, we wouldn't be. This is two days out from chemo, and ordinarily, there's no way that Missy would be joining us on no, the be, uh, podcast because you'd be in bed. Probably be
1: bed, yeah.
0: And you might be heading there for a nap, but uh, it, it is, you know, miles difference from yeah. the last time around. So, so.
1: the steroids are working. The Benadryl is helping to counteract any weird steroid problems. I have a little bit of an appetite, and I'm making sure that I drink plenty of water. So. Um, hopefully the rounds aren't going to be as bad this time out. And again, I get to space them every four weeks. So next time we do not I don't have to do this until after Christmas. So if I don't feel bad, I'll be able to get my Christmas baking done. Yep. I've got to bake seven gingerbread houses for us to decorate <laughs> over the Christmas break. So.
0: Yeah, so uh, so so again, thank you uh, everybody. Uh, yeah. All your thoughts
1: and prayers. Yeah,
0: and and thanks for the the cards that we've been getting and the hats uh, and the hats and the great <laughs> stuff. The uh, the address, by the way, the physical snail mail address, uh, if you want to reach out to us, is PO Box eight one seven, Farmville, Virginia two three nine zero one dash zero eight one seven. I'm laughing because Zelda. Last time we did this, Zelda was, uh, you know, like six months old. Now she's a little bit more than a year old, and now she just loves to be with us all the time. So she's sitting right here, getting her head scratched while we're doing the podcast.
1: And her eyes are like, oh my gosh, all like half <laughs> open, like yeah, yeah, don't stop. But that's what the bad thing about her is: is the minute I stop, she's she, gonna smack she whacks me. you. Yep, see? Yep,
0: there you go. Okay. You got, just got stop. smacked. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we had our our family vacation in early september uh and then hi uh and, and then, for Thanksgiving, our oldest kids could not come home, but they are coming home for Christmas, yep. so we had a a very quiet, simple, but absolutely delicious thanksgiving, and before Missy e runs out of gas, we gotta talk about. How Missy e made her turkey. So she's done some crazy cool stuff over the years. She's made a turducken.
1: I made it. I've roasted my tu- turkeys upside down and right side up, and turned them over halfway. I've roasted them stuffed and not stuffed, but usually stuffed. But stuffing a turkey is kind of a pain in the ass. Unstuffing a hot turkey is even more of a pain in the butt. So I wanted to end. Roasting a turkey all day it doesn't work real well when you have a not a very big oven. So this year, I brined um, a 15-pound turkey and a five-pound turkey breast for a good 24 hours in a very simple brine that was uh, two gallons of water to one cup of sugar and one cup of salt. And you just have to make enough for accordingly. So I don't remember how many gallons of water I had to use to cover this, but it was in a big, like a um, Lowe's bucket, mm-hmm. food grade. So left it outside because it was nice and cold <laughs> uh, for the past, for the for the 24 hours. Um, Smoked the turkey breast over apple wood at between 230 and 250 for about three and a half hours until the inside got to 165 temperature. Oh, so good! actually got to 164.3, but I figured we'd do some carryover, so that was <laughs> fine. So that sat on the counter and cooled down until we had dinner. But with the turkey, I didn't want to roast it, I didn't want to take forever in the oven, so I tried this method and it's called spackle spatch. cock.
0: Wait, it's, no, wait, what is it? Go ahead, do it cock spackle. Keep um. Going. Sh- your Benedict Cumberbatch? Nope, uh, not him either. Uh, sh- I can't remember what it's. You're it called? like me
1: with the appomatamonic. Hey, exactly. It's called spatchcocking.
0: Spatchcock.
1: And you cut the backbone out of the turkey, or you can do it with a chicken. Shift-lap. A lot of people chicken. No, that's, that's wood board. So <laughs> that's spatchcocking. That's stupid, Joanna. <laughs> yeah, that's them anyway. We're a different weirdo pair. Maybe right that next. could be our
0: catchphrase. Spatchcock.
1: Spatchcock. <laughs> slap- okay. Anyway, so I spatchcock the roast. And what is a spatchcocking? You're you're removing the backbone and you're kind of breaking the best breastbone. So you're laying it as flat as possible so that it roasts a lot more even. And so what I did was it was brined and then I um, put it in a roasting pan, but in the pan underneath, I put in onions, carrots, celery, I put in the backbone and I put in a couple of cups of chicken broth. And then I, I didn't put any aluminum foil or anything over. I just put the spatchcock chicken, um, skin side up on top of my roasting pan. I had to <laughs> finagle the legs because they were kind of hanging over the edges. And then I rubbed the whole thing over with olive oil and I coated it with a nice heavy coating of salt and pepper. And I think it only had to roast for maybe three hours. For a 15-pound chicken, that wasn't stuffed. Maybe a little less. But it turned out so perfect.
0: Oh, yeah, it was amazing.
1: It was juicy. It was tender. Yeah. It was cooked perfectly everywhere. The dark meat, the breast meat, yep. everything. So... I'm going to spatchcock my turkey from now on. Now, however, we love stuffing. hmm And my stuffing is a meal unto itself. Oh, yeah. And so this year, I saw some cheater way to do it. And so I made my stuffing, and I put it in the crock pot, And I set it for low for like four hours, and when it was done, it was just as moist and delicious as if I had cooked it inside the turkey without being pasty like sometimes you get when it's too moist. Right. So it was just the perfect moistness. I think I ate stuffing for four days in a row for breakfast.
0: (laughs) Now, I will say I thought with with the stuffing, I thought it was fantastic the first day. Yeah. Like the day that we ate. The day after, it's the better. breadcrumbs, no, I, I didn't like it as much oh, because no? the breadcrumbs actually, to me, separated too much. Like oh, okay. I like the day after with your stuffing where it's just this, I know Zelda's a little crazy, uh, where it's just this sort of like solid mass, like oh, a brick okay. of stuffing. And this, I thought, was still, it was very loose because yeah. it wasn't <laughs> so wet. wet. But um That's
1: funny. I liked it that way.
0: No, oh, well, there you go. You, but, you know, you're the one who ate we'll it for breakfast for four days.
1: You always would throw gravy on. Yes, it too, and I so.
0: did, and that was delicious too. But then the uh, sweet potato casserole was amazing. The Parker House rolls were incredible. Yeah, those are my favorite. The to bake. five people at the table got to partake of three pies, uh, two pumpkin pies, a, an apple pie. And well, that kind
1: of sucked.
0: The apple pie. Listen, the filling was fantastic.
1: The crust was. The big, crust
0: was yeah. weird. The I, crust I followed was like the recipe cardboard. To,
1: da- to the dot. Da- I did yeah. not know how to bake. I am never baking this thing again, because it ended up being like a crunchy, hard shell.
0: Yeah, it was weird. It had
1: no good texture at all, and it was like trying to bite through cardboard But, well. but the apples were good, the, so I'll try it with And, the, and
0: the pineapple upside-down cake that you made. Oh,
1: that was so much fun, because I made it in a bunt pan. And just Google pineapple upside-down bunt can. You'll find it. It's like a Duncan Hines recipe. I used a box of the Duncan Hines pineapple upside-down cake mix. I used almost a whole can of rings of pineapple and some maraschino cherries, and the extra thing you had to throw in was some brown sugar and butter. So you melt the butter, and you put it in the bottom of the the bunt pan, and then you sprinkle the sugar over it, and then you put the halved pineapple pieces um, side down in the little things of the bunt pan, and you put a maraschino cherry spaced all the way around, and then you gently pour the batter over. And so it's like a whole hidden cake, but man, it was so moist and delicious and yummy, and... You got to love a bun- good bun cake, but this was even better with the pineapples and the extra butter and brown sugar.
0: It was amazing. I'm already looking forward to Christmas.
1: Yeah, right. Ooh, we're well, have fun.
0: <laughs> Listen, we're going to let you uh, go rest up, but uh, thank I you. thank you for being a part of this podcast.
1: You're welcome. I got to go back to crocheting my Krakens.
0: Yes, uh, make sure again, if you want to follow along with Missy on Instagram, best way to do it is uh, oh, yeah. at Corny Goat Farm. You can catch all of her amazing knitting and cooking and just uh, her acerbic sense of humor.
1: And Facebook, but I'm better at Instagram.
0: Yeah, all right. Uh, I, I, I'm way better at Instagram, and I'm not that great at Instagram. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a, a quick time out, but we do have more 40 Acres in a Fool coming up after this. So stick around, we'll be back with more on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Cam Edwards here on 40 Acres in a Fool. You may hear a sleeping dog at my feet uh, snoring. You may hear uh, one of our wild roosters uh, crowing in the, uh, well, not not too distant, actually, kind of right outside the window where I'm recording this podcast. So um, when fall came around, we decided that uh, it was time to keep the chickens locked up in their chicken yard. Uh, And one of the days, Missy wasn't feeling bad. Uh, She uh, largely, and I somewhat helped, uh, constructed a door for the chicken coop so we could actually start keeping our chickens there in the fenced-in chicken yard that we have built for them with their 80-foot-long chicken tunnel that leads to a much bigger yard. Uh, They've been free-ranging all summer long, and that's fine. We actually didn't lose any. It was amazing. Um, What we did lose are a bunch of eggs because they would uh, not just lay inside the coop, but they were laying under the house. They were laying under the carport. They were laying under some bushes. So we finally decided, all right, we're going to keep them in, uh, and we got them all in. Two things have happened since then. We actually did not get them all inside. So back in the spring, you may remember, we actually hatched out some chicks Um, We had a hen that went broody. She was sitting on, like, 16 or 17 eggs. I think six of them hatched. Uh, Four of the chicks did not make it. We have two of the remaining, uh, of the original six. We have one hen who is almost entirely black. Black feathers, black eyes, very small red comb. I mean, like, she looks like a ninja. And then we have one rooster. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, we don't need another rooster, but we have another rooster. And so the two of them have been hanging out basically by themselves uh, all summer long. When it comes time to get the chickens inside their, their fenced-in area, uh, they're nowhere to be found. We get everybody but those two. And Miss E, we could not figure out where they were roosting at night. Because we knew they had to be somewhere close to the house. They're not going to wander off far. Uh, but they're so hard to see. They're both so so dark. And it turns out they were roosting about 15 feet up in a tree in the pen where our goats are sleeping at night. So I guess they're safe uh, unless a, you know, big uh, owl comes and takes them along, Uh, but it's cold out and they're not in the coop. So. I, I still need to actually try to catch them and uh, bring them back inside the coop. Uh, the rooster there... By the way, we we're calling them Bonnie and Clyde since they're uh, little rebel outlaws. Um, Clyde is not long for this world. Uh, we really don't need two roosters. Uh, we really don't need... If we're going to eat Clyde, we really don't need Clyde to get old and tough and stringy. So uh, Clyde is probably going to get turned into Coco Van at some point over the next couple of months. And then uh, Bonnie... Um, I guess she's just going to have to, you know, hang out with Mr. Crow and the rest of the hens. Um, So the other thing that has happened since we put the chickens actually in their yard where they're all protected now and they can't lay eggs in any weird places. Now they're just not laying eggs. Our egg production this summer, it was crazy. We were getting about a, almost a dozen eggs a day. Uh, And every one of my friends was getting free eggs. Strangers were getting free eggs. Do you want some eggs? I can give you some eggs. Now we are getting, zero per day. Zero. This is like three days in a row where we haven't gotten a single egg from our hen. So it is the time of year. A lot of them are molting, actually, and getting in their uh, winter uh, coats. But I think last year dropped down to like two or three eggs a day. Did not drop down to zero eggs per day. So that's the uh, the latest with the chickens. Uh, Let's see. The goat updates, we... Had, uh, I think the last time we talked, we had two little baby goats running around. Um, after, I think, a total of four or five were born, we had uh, sold off uh, three of them or, or two of them, and we had uh, uh, two little girls that were uh, uh, happily roaming around with the uh, the, the bigger goats. That, that uh, lasted all summer long as well, but then we wanted to move our buck, Chico, uh, back in with all of his girlfriends and... We didn't want Chico near the uh, the little ones, so the little ones uh, found a new home. A, a very nice lady on a, uh, a homestead of about four acres, about forty five minutes or so from us. She uh, she and her husband came over. Uh, actually, no, she came by herself uh, one Saturday. And we picked up the she picked up the goats, and uh, so they've gone off to their new home. And uh, Chico has been a very happy and very loud boy over the last few weeks. Now that he's back with his girlfriend, so I expect that we are going to have a whole new crop of uh, baby goats, probably a bumper crop of baby goats come spring. Gestation period for goats, in case you're wondering, around five months or so. Um, We uh, let Chico and the girls start hanging out together early November. So last year, we kind of screwed up. We had some babies that were born, maybe it was the year before last. We've had some babies born way early, way early in the spring, and they didn't make it. It was just too cold. Uh, and I think they were born a little premature. This uh, round, hopefully, the uh, the baby goats will be coming in. I'm um, uh, thinking April and uh, maybe late April towards early May. So that'll be a a good thing to see in the uh, spring here on the farm. Still no bacon seeds right now. We are bacon seed free except in the freezer. We have a couple of hams actually right now in our refrigerator uh, that uh, Missy has been brining for Christmas. Uh, but we still have some bacon in the in the freezer, a lot of pork chops. It's amazing how many pork chops you get uh, from bacon seeds. But uh, uh, we are planning on, I was planning on, anyway, in the spring, not going crazy. I wasn't going to get six or seven like we've had before. I was going to get two. I was going to get two wiener hogs, W-E-A-N-E-R, hogs that have already been weaned, and raise them, get them in the spring, butcher them in the fall, Missy says we don't need it. She says we have plenty of pork left. So we may wait one more year uh, before we get any new bacon seeds. Uh, The last of the livestock to talk about, we talked about chickens, goats, pigs, would be, I don't know if you want to call them livestock, but our bees. So the bees survived the summer, um, didn't have any issues. We winterized their beehive a few weeks ago. We decided... For a couple of reasons. One, Missy was was not feeling great. Um, And uh, two, uh, with this being the first year for the hive, we wanted the hive to get established. So we did not harvest any honey this year. I was looking forward to it, but I wasn't about to do it by myself. And Missy wasn't up to it and uh, just decided that, all right, we're going to let the bees eat their honey this year. Next year, we'll uh, we'll ask them to share. So to winterize a beehive, um, we actually got some uh, foam board insulation. And we covered up all four sides, still leaving space at the bottom for the bees to get out. We swapped out the, uh, the little wooden dowel on the uh, bottom of the hive from the uh, wider opening in the summer to the much smaller opening that they use in the winter so that it keeps the heat in. Um, we wrapped up all of that uh, foam core insulation in black duct tape or black gorilla tape. And that will help absorb the sunlight. It'll help keep the hive a little bit warmer. And we've also made uh, fondant, uh, basically just a, a sugar water cake uh, that is right now in a Ziploc gallon bag. And we will take it down to the uh, uh, hive maybe um, at some point this week, one evening, uh, when the bees are less active. We will raise up the roof of the hive and we will uh, cut a sort of an x uh, in the bag, in the Ziploc bag. We will place that on the top of the frame there so that the bees can access the fondant and they can use that as an extra food source uh, to help them get through the winter. And then hopefully in the spring, uh, we will have a hive that has made it through uh, a central Virginia winter. But uh, so far, so good with our, our bees there. So, we're going to take another time out. I'm going to take another time out. I don't know where this wee stuff is, he has gone, but uh, I'll be back with more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up right after this. <laughs> Welcome back. To 40 Acres in a Fool, Cam Edwards with you at Cam Edwards on Twitter. And the uh, I've been joined by another dog here at my feet. They're just getting closer and closer, and Zelda is just now looking up at me because I'm sitting here at the dining room table, which is where, of course, we eat. And so even though she's been here for several minutes now and has yet to see me put anything in my mouth and start chewing, she's just convinced that if she sits here long enough, And she puts her paw on my leg long enough and often enough that that somehow I'm going to give her some food, even though there is no food to be had here, Zelda. Anyway, I appreciate you having uh, much more patience than Zelda uh showing right now because I do know that it has been a while and, uh, and I, it's been so great to stay in contact with, uh, with so many of you, whether it's through email or just, again, through uh, social media or through uh, you know going to check my mailbox and, and finding random cards there that has just been absolutely so wonderful. And I do have to, to say a special thank you um, to Sheriff AJ uh, Andy Lauterbach, in Jackson County, Texas, who, um, I guess it was earlier this summer, I had posted on Twitter, at Cam Edwards, that um, it, was, it was chemo day. Uh, and I think maybe it was the first round of, of chemo when we found out that this stuff wasn't working. It might have even been when we found out this stuff wasn't working. And we were uh, getting ready to start chemo. Uh, Sheriff Lauterbach uh posted something on uh, his Facebook page there in Jackson County, Texas. And they sent a copy of all of the responses uh, on their Facebook page. And there were hundreds, hundreds of people uh, who I've never met. Missy's never met, probably never will, but who had added Missy to their prayer list. And, um, we thanked uh, Sheriff Louderback and uh, actually sent him uh, and his uh, team there at the Jackson County uh, Sheriff's Office uh, several bottles of uh, our, our hot sauce, the Cornigo Farm fermented pepper sauce, uh, this year's batch. Uh, by the way, got rave reviews this year's batch. I mean, no surprise. Missy knows what she's doing. But uh, very, very hot. But still, some flavor. It's not just going to roast your mouth, uh, you know, and and, and uh, uh, singe it. Now you actually do get uh, a nice bit of sweetness with that uh, incredible fire. So uh, the good news is that we are right now the the, the peppers are fermenting for next year, and um, we'll have more. As a matter of fact, we should have more. Uh, hot sauce next year than we had this year. And this year, we actually had a pretty good batch. So, I don't know. Maybe even to celebrate 40 Acres and a Fool coming back, maybe we need to come up with some sort of... See, I don't know about the legality of selling the pepper sauce. That's the, that's the thing. It's a gray area. Maybe not even a gray area. I, I don't think I'm allowed to sell the pepper sauce because it hasn't been assembled in a commercial kitchen and everything. But I don't think there's anything about giving away a bottle of hot sauce for a Christmas present or something, right? And so... Here we are, early December. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about this. We won't do it this episode, unless over the next break I come up with a way to actually do this. But I, I would love to give away a couple of bottles of hot sauce. We're not going to do just one, but maybe we'll give away three bottles of hot sauce from this year's batch uh, in honor of uh, Sheriff Lauterbach there in Jackson County, Texas, who, by the way, after we send him the hot sauce— was nice enough to send us a little uh, Texas care package, so we got some uh, a local uh, tortilla chips. got this stuff called jalapeno gold, which is, I, I mean, I don't even know. It's like jalapeno jelly, but but more, and it is just so good. So uh, I do have to say thank you to Sheriff uh, Ladderback there in Jackson County, Texas. And, again, all of the uh, great folks. I, I do want to actually single out one more person uh, while I'm saying my thank yous, uh, and that would be to, uh, to Chase who uh sent missy a care package from afghanistan uh that's right um, and and just some uh just some amazing uh material and some amazing scarves and it came at a time when missy was uh starting to lose her hair again and really needed that sort of pick me up and it was exactly what she needed at that moment in time So uh, Chase, and I know we've said thanks uh, as well But uh, but thank you for uh, for thinking of Missy uh, And you know, the uh, it's not really ironic But the thing was, so with a taxiteer Missy was told, like, your hair's going to fall out There's just no getting around You're going to lose your hair again You may lose your nails, uh, she was told And so first round of taxiteer It was okay her hair was okay, her nails were, were all right. Um, second round, she thought oh, I'm starting to lose my hair here, so she clipper cut it uh, down to nothing, and then it started growing back. <laughs> she really hasn't lost the uh, the hair that she thought she was going to lose, it's it's it may be a little thinner, but um. But it's still there, so uh, so she's got a buzz cut right now, and, uh, and and it's growing it a little unevenly. So I think we're gonna have to give her one more buzz cut, of course, right as we head into winter here before the uh, the hair starts growing out. So it's been uh, it's been a weird experience with this round of chemo. Um, again, some of the side effects that weren't supposed to hit as hard really, I think, hit harder than than she thought they were going to, and then some of the effects that we were told would happen. Uh, didn't really materialize, but you know, and it's, I guess it's easy for me to say this cause I'm not the one feeling miserable. I'm the one just seeing somebody I love feel miserable, but, um, I'll take all those weird side effects, each and every one of them because the drug is working and that is just so amazing to be able to think about, uh, cause it's been a, a, a several months of, of, of worry and what happens if it isn't. And uh, there may come a day when we're going to have to face that. But um, you know what? (laughs) We don't have to face that for at least three months. And Right now we get to uh, to live with hope, and that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. We're going to take one more time out. When we come back, Zelda and I, sitting in for Missy, she's the strong, silent type. uh, Zelda and I will start to wrap things up here on this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool, so stick around. We'll be right back with more right after this. So if you want to uh, communicate with us, you know, normally this is the segment where we uh, answer emails and uh, comments and stuff like that. But we've been gone so long, we don't have any emails to get to. So uh, in, in the future episodes, if you would like to uh, send us any questions you might have, um, 40acrefool at com. That is the email. We'd love to hear from you. This has been sort of a weird 40 acres in a fool, because we're just kind of getting back into things. So I wanted to make sure we had lots of updates about what was going on. But uh, in the weeks ahead, we're going to be talking about everything from how to make gingerbread, uh, so you can make gingerbread houses, to uh, ways to uh, ensure that your uh, goats are properly winterized. And uh, we'll be talking about picking out our seeds for next spring, uh, as well as uh, other you know garden tips from people who don't really know what they're doing. <clears throat> so there you go. Uh, I do want to take... A moment, though, before we end this podcast, I I haven't mentioned anything up to now. And there's really not a whole lot that I can say uh, about Cam and Company, but uh, for those of you who are Cam and Company listeners and InterAid TV, you may know that uh, you may have noticed we've been reruns for the last couple of days. You may have seen a a tweet by uh, Cameron Gray talking about uh, several folks being let go. Um, All I can tell you is that uh, Cam and Company is not finished. I I look forward to being able to tell you more when I can and when I know uh, more. But I do know this, that I've been hosting Cam and Company on NRA TV. uh, Before that, it was NRA News uh, for 14 years. And over that period of time, I have had the opportunity to work with a lot of truly incredible colleagues, uh, many of whom have gone on to become very dear friends. And that is, to the best of my knowledge, it's not it's not inexplicable, but uh, it, it's 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 unusual. Um, radio and the media is a fairly transitory business, um, especially these days. And you uh, you work in this business long enough and you're going to have a lot more former colleagues than you do current colleagues. And you're going to have a lot more friends that you used to work with than friends that you that you currently do. So for the longevity of our crew to, uh, to be together uh, for as long as we have really was special. And the friendships that we have made uh, truly transcend, you know uh, any any workplace relationship. So, I am uh, I was sad uh, to see that uh, some of my friends and my colleagues are not going to be with us uh, going forward. I wish them all the best, and I will do anything and everything that I can to uh, ensure that their continued that, that, that their careers continue um, and 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 really elevate. Uh, I have been able and blessed to be to work with so many. Talented individuals, and um, and I know that there are, are great days ahead for uh, for each and every one of them. So, when I can, I will let you know more about what's going on with Cam and Company. But in the meantime, I would encourage you to uh, go to NRA TV and to actually watch some of the uh, older Cam and Company episodes. We make some great. I, I think we make some uh, some great programming. Uh, informational, entertaining, uh chock full of good guests, and uh, and really good friends. So until we're back with new episodes, and again, when I can give you more information, I will, um, make sure that uh, you uh, you catch up on any Cam and companies that you might have missed. And in the meantime, I want to thank you for tuning in to this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. We will be back next week. Cam Edwards and Missy saying be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we will see you soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.